Welcome, my name is Jessica Lips and I host interviews featuring extraordinary people who are living their dreams. It's my hope that their stories will inspire you to live your own dreams. This month, I'm honored to welcome director Kenny Leon. Kenny has directed so many seminal productions from Broadway's Fences starring Denzel Washington and Viola Davis to Alicia Keys' World Tour to NBC's The Wiz Live and Hairspray Live. It's no wonder that this year he received the Mr. Abbott Award in recognition of his exceptional contributions to the field. While the list of Kenny's accomplishments goes on, from work with NPR to founding a theater company to winning Tony Awards, including Best Direction of a Play, I'm going to stop there so that we can start talking to him. Kenny, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. I'm kind of ashamed and embarrassed of that bio that you've read. <laughs> no, it's it's just amazing. And actually, you know, I usually start in a different way with my guests. But since you just mentioned it, I'm curious, you have had all of these incredible productions with all these stars. Yet what strikes me, you just seem so down to earth and chill. How do you stay grounded? Well, I guess you have to give that to my grandmother. She's looking down smiling as you said that because she just always reminded me to remember I'm just a country boy from Tallahassee, Florida. And it's about how you serve other human beings and how you behave on the planet that really counts. So it's easy for me to stay grounded. I just remind myself why I'm here. And it's like all the things you really need to know, you learn in kindergarten, you know, how you treat people. I've been blessed to discover that I have a passion for telling stories. I'm lucky enough to wake up every day and tell a story and get paid for it. Hopefully it has an impact on people's lives. So I'm lucky to have had a great grandmother and a great mother and folks in my life who have really taught me well. Let's talk a little bit more about your family and your beginnings. So I grew up in the country. When I say country, I mean outhouses on a small farm, no indoor plumbing or hot water. You know, it was great growing up in the country and walking the country roads to pick plums and berries. And I came from that. And then after years of living with my grandmother, I eventually moved to live with my mother and stepfather in St. Petersburg, Florida. And we grew up uh, pretty poor in St. Petersburg, but, you know, we we never felt like we were poor. And early in my life, I was involved in an Upward Bound program that helped uh, low-income families dream of a college education. And me and Angela Bassett, the great Angela Bassett, we both were in that program. We were really good friends, grew up together. So that prepared me for life in college. And I went to Clark College in Atlanta, Georgia, where I met people like Samuel L. Jackson and Bill Nunn and Latanya Richardson and Spike Lee and had a clearer, better understanding about the impact of storytelling on the lives of Americans. So I got really interested during that time. But I was a political science major and a theater minor. So those are my beginnings. I'm a Southern boy. Years later, I became artistic director of the Alliance Theater Company, which seems like a miracle. But that was only after I met people like August Wilson and Lord Richards, great mentors like that who also encouraged me to stay in the theater. Wow, that's amazing. I actually want to back up just a little bit to get a better understanding. Uh-huh. So you grew up on a farm, then you moved to St. Petersburg, and you said that you grew up without a lot of means. So was acting, directing, or access to theater a part of your life when you were a kid? How did you know that you wanted to be a theater minor when you went to college? My high school uh, didn't have 
didn't really have vision enough to do plays that incorporated roles for black actors. <laughs> so I didn't do any plays in high school, but I was in the upper bound program from ninth grade until twelfth grade that encouraged acting. And I actually did a play with Angela Bassett called uh, Son Gone Home, which is one of those plays that I really remember. And she played my mother and I played her son, you know, even though I was older. So I was a little encouraged then, but I never thought of a career in theater or a career in acting or directing. In my family, they said, you go to school and you do something that we know. So, you know, you had to be a teacher or a lawyer or a minister. So even when I left to go to college, I wasn't thinking about a career in the arts. I was thinking, if I can study this political science and really get into law school, I probably could be a pretty good lawyer. That sort of changed as I met people like Sam Jackson and Spike Lee and Bill Nunn. I just fell in love with the theater part of it. I ended up going to law school for a year and then leaving law school because it was not the place for me. And I started acting and doing television commercials because I looked a certain way at a certain time. And then I got into this company, the Academy of Music and Theater, where I would go into prisons and work with prisoners on acting skills and work with the homeless population and tell stories about, you know, their journey. So all of my earlier career, it was always around people like the homeless or prisoners or physically challenged communities. Years later, it always finds a way into my work. So I'm getting ready to do Children of a Lesser God on Broadway. A certain part of that is how does that play work for a present-day audience? And when I'm doing Hairspray for NBC, I'm thinking about how does that affect us and how does it affect our lives today? So the social-political part has always found its way into my traditional work. Tell us about how you made the transition from doing this work with prisoners and the homeless to doing these star-studded productions on Broadway and TV and film. Well, it really wasn't much of a tradition. It's just always been the foundation of who I am and how I've been raised as a person to really give back. So I've just been lucky enough to figure out my way to give back is through storytelling. And I would say after college, I started really seeing the possibilities of that. First as an actor, and then later as a director. In fact, one time I was told that I didn't really have the gift to be a, a great director. And the company I was a member of, the artistic director, just really wanted me to focus on acting. And that is when I decided that it was time for me to leave that company. I kept searching into what would make me the best artist. For many years, I would act some and I would direct some. I would act some and direct some. Once I started directing, I realized that that was my true calling, that acting only makes me a better director. It allows me to understand what the actor is going through. Directing is my real gift, and that's what I really love. Why is that? What calls you to directing? You're like a piece of the pie, and you have to figure out how your slice of the pie fits into the whole. When I'm directing, I participate in all of the pie. You have a, a way to express the entire vision. And I get motivated working with writers, working with actors, working with designers. It's very fulfilling for me. And then I love seeing people right before my eyes become bigger than they are. You know, I love seeing actors do things that they never thought they could do. I love seeing a great actor go to a place that they hadn't been. 
whether that person is Pete Diddy, who hasn't done much acting, or if it's Denzel Washington or Felicia Rashad. I love seeing growth in actors, and I love seeing actors go to places they haven't gone before. You talk about watching these actors and their growth. How do you, as a director, work with actors to help get them to that place where they're much better? How do you help inspire their growth? You you know, I'm talking to one of the best out there, so I I would love to hear your tricks of the trade. Well, my job is always to help the actor navigate through a story so that they can become the fullest representation of that character possible. So for a young actor, I have to be able to teach them how to connect the dots to create a full human being. And for the more experienced actors, I have to be able to get them from being stuck. When they get stuck, I have to unstick them. And so I take a lot of pride in that. And I take a lot of pride in building ensembles and making them work as one. But it's also, I focus on why this particular actor is working on this particular character. So how to get them to personalize their own DNA to create a DNA for a character that they're playing. And that excites me. Have there been times when that experience is challenging for you, when you're having more trouble drawing out an actor? And in those cases, what do you do? It's never been not challenging. It's not an easy job. You know, you're part psychologist, part therapist, part teacher, part minister, and you just have to figure out how people process information. And everybody processes it in a different way. And so I look for that challenge every production. I don't get frustrated by that. I get energized by trying to figure out how to reach each potential actor. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes I have to let an actor go. But most of the time you're trying to build family and trying to build confidence. Once in a while it doesn't work, but most of the time it works. What draws you to a show? Why do you decide to take on a project? Along those lines, you are the artistic director of a theater company that you co-founded. So how do you decide on the shows that you're going to do that season? At True Colors Theater Company, where we're doing uh, Todd Ryder's Holly If You Hear Me Now, I'm always figuring out plays that I think would have impact on the community or the world right now. And so I want audience members to leave their seats and go home and think about the lessons of the play and how they can integrate that into their lives. So it's always easy for me. I just have to be in tune with myself and alive in the world to see where the challenges are. These days, it's, it's sort of easy to figure out what, what we need in our country. We need a lot of love. And so I look for plays about love right now. I look for TV projects about love. I look for all the things I think are missing in our society right now. So I'm interested in a multiracial production of Children of a Lesser God when we try to make each other over in our image instead of having real communication. I'm interested in Holly If You Hear Me because I want to hear the generations talk to each other. I'm interested in in a play called Dot when this woman is suffering from Alzheimer's disease because it's more and more of our family members are going through that. So I'm always seeing how the plays can affect the lives of the people in the seats. You just mentioned Children of a Lesser God. What else can we look forward to from you upcoming? What's kind of currently in the works? What's going to happen in the fall or the spring? I'd I'd love to hear about uh, what's on your docket. Uh, A couple of things I can't talk about right now, but what I can talk about, I'm going to do an episode of Dynasty for 
CPS, and so I'm looking forward to that because this next generation, this remake of Dynasty, has a much more diverse cast than the original. So I'm looking for that. I'm looking for how I fit into that world. And then, of course, you got uh, Children of the Lesser God opening on Broadway in April. So we finally have a theater home, and we're going to be at Studio 54 to open that. So that's very exciting as well. That is exciting. Is it the same cast as who was in the Berkshires with Joshua Jackson and others? Yeah, we just had a big announcement. So Joshua Jackson and Lauren will lead this cast and star in it, and everybody's very excited. That's huge. Congratulations. I do a 10-part series um, for Fox Television about the beginning of the Cotton Club in Harlem, you know, and the impact of that specific uh, dance entertaining club and, and how it was built and formed and the impact it had on that community and the, the, the racism that was involved there, the, the talent of so many wonderful entertainers that have come through the Cotton Club. So that's going to be a 10-part miniseries on Fox. That's so exciting. And, and when can we expect that? Do you know? Well, we haven't started shooting it yet. I'm working with uh, Craig Zayden and Neil Marin on that. It'll probably be airing sometime next summer, but we haven't even shot the pilot yet. We're getting ready to shoot the pilot. So many balls in the air. I don't know how you keep it, it all straight. I don't know how you, you know, don't confuse lines from one production with lines from another. All uh, all working artists try to do that, you know, because there's so many unpaid artists in this country. We have to keep eight balls in the air and hope that's catch two. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great profession, though. So speaking of the future, I think one of the biggest things that you're known for popularly is the work on The Wiz Live and Hairspray Live with NBC. Are there any more live productions in your future, do you think or do you know? Uh, I'm thinking, I'm hoping, and maybe. (laughs) Ooh, that's all right. All right, I like that answer. That's something we can maybe look forward to. And, you know, and I... But what, 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 what I can say is that, you know, some of that work has been some of my most exciting, challenging work, and I really love working with Bob Greenblatt over at NBC. So hopefully we'll have something coming up soon. That's awesome. I'd be so silly if I missed the opportunity to ask you two questions related to the the live shows on TV. Live theater and live TV, they're both live, but there must be a difference, I can only imagine, between a one-time live show on TV and a show that's going night after night on theater. So could you tell us about the difference and, and what that means as a director and maybe like the excitement or the anxiety that it provokes? <laughs> it's like you're you're flying without a net. And, um, and it has some of the ingredients of live theater, but it does not have the flexibility of improvisation because you're built into a time. You know, you're built into a commercial. You're built into a camera. But everybody can't do it because, you know, you have to sing live, so the notes have to be live, and you're scrutinized in a moment. You just want to build an ensemble that can do this this one time. So you work for, you know, months and months, and it all leads to one night, and everything is on that one night. So that's a tremendous high, but it's rewarding because the team worked at it requires in terms of not only the cast, but the camera crew as well. It's, it's pretty fascinating to see, you know, TV and film and theater all bump into each other on one night. What's exciting about live television is that we don't have as many opportunities anymore to have all generations sit down and do something together. And the live TV event 
the way it's cast and the way we do it, it encourages the grandkids to sit down with the grandparents and the parents and we all do something together. And that's a beautiful thing to me. Yeah, that is so great. So much happens in live theater. Anything can go wrong. So do you have any funny stories, whether it's from those live TV shows or from live theater about like a crazy mishap that you're still kind of laughing about? No. No, it's all, it's all gone perfectly well. All right, all right. Either that or, or you're just not going to share. All right, all right. I'm not going to share. I'm not going to share. I mean, I guess I guess one thing one thing that happened when we did Hairspray live in the opening number, Maddie, who plays the lead, you know, she was really nervous and excited. And, you know, for that first number, we got to it pretty, pretty good, you know, but she was a little tired and she sort of, she skipped the phrase. So nobody picked it up because the music was still happening. I'm watching, I'm like, oh my God, she skipped that whole phrase. Nobody picked it up. But the next scene, she had to be in the uh, in a vanity where she's had these, uh, a series of vanities with mirrors and all that. And we had just reblocked that scene the day before and just figured it out. And when we went to that scene, there were no lights. So that scene was all in the dark. The viewers at home, they saw it in the dark on the East Coast. They saw it in the dark, but they thought it was intentional. <laughs> but I'm dying up there because it's like, <laughs> where are the lights? We just fixed that yesterday. But there's nothing you can do about it. It goes away. And but so it was just that one scene, you know, but stuff like that happens. Oh, my gosh. The, the anxiety of the moment of live theater. That is, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. There are so many young people out there who have aspirations of being in the theater, whether it's as an actor or a director or behind the scenes or otherwise. What advice do you have for people that want to get into your profession? I just said, don't give up. Don't give up because this is a business where you don't get as much encouragement as you would like because everybody thinks they can do it. So if you're born with that unquenchable thirst that says you got to have it, then you just got to believe. And so seek out your own source of spirituality to center you and give you faith and confidence, but never let anyone tell you you can't have it. It's tough, but it's worth it. That's a great note to end on. Kenny Leon, thank you so much. I'm so glad that I met you and your work is just inspiring. It's this incredible breadth and depth of work and I can't wait to see what else is in store. And thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you. This is Jessica Lips. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.